gosh, even before I get into, I just can't jump into the preaching. I got to, I got to share a testimony. Um, so last night, uh, yesterday was my son's birthday, our son's birthday, and so we had a little birthday festivities. Went and saw Wreck It Ralph, good movie. I highly recommend it. Had popcorn, um, and you know had fun and 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 went to bed late, and with every intention on sleeping in. Um, and at seven o'clock, which is I know it's not early, but it's early when you're planning on sleeping in. Seven like seven o four, I woke up and I was a little irritated. I'm like. What am I doing awake? So, you know, my dreams were vivid. In my dreams, I was preaching and I was ministering and I was ministering for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and, and self-discipline or a sound mind. And that's what, I'm dreaming that. So I get up and I go to the bathroom like, I'm going back to bed. I go back to bed and it's even more vivid. And I'm aware that it's not just a dream I'm having, but God is wanting to stir me. So I get out of bed. I make a cup of coffee. And I sit down in his word and I just start studying and spending time with him. So this is, you know, seven o'clock this morning. So I get a message at uh, eight something this morning from a brother I used to go to church with. And he sent a message to me and another brother that I used to go to church with, who's now one of my business partners. And and he said, uh, I have a friend that's in his last stages of cancer and, and he's, uh, you know, the reports they're giving him are that he's dying and um, can you can you pray for him? So I get a call like ten minutes after I get the message. I start I immediately start praying in the spirit. Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to respond? I get a call from my friend Tom who was messaged on this, and he's like, "Did you get that message?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "What do you want to do?" I'm like, "I'm hopping in the shower. Let's you know, once you call him back and tell him, um, let's do it. Let's do it right now. Ask if he's available right now. I'm getting in the shower now." And met up with the guy. The guy drove up, brought his nine-year-old daughter. Now, when you when I finally do get to the message, and I don't know how much of it I'll get to, but that, that doesn't really matter. Um, you'll see the, the cool parallels, the cool tie-ins. So there's this man. He's been told he's dying. Uh, he's got cancer. He's like late 40s, you know. I mean, young guy. He might be early 50s, but young. And he brings his nine-year-old daughter. And... Um, he knows we're there to pray for him. And, and this other friend has been saying, hey, God has used these guys, you know, in two instances and in, in, in the miraculous. And and so we're there in Arvada, down there Golden. And um, and I just feel led to pray and, and minister uh, before praying for the sickness, just to minister um, what the Lord's given me here. So we're just going to, I want to kind of blend it. We're just, I'm kind of, I'm winging this here. Um, I want to, I want to read the scripture. Um, so Second uh, Timothy 1, um, and we'll just keep reading it. And, and I want to, I'll kind of jump back and forth to what the Lord was doing today. So let's read this together. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I have been sent out to tell others about the life he has promised through faith in Christ Jesus. I am writing to Timothy, my dear son. May God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. Timothy, I thank God for you. The God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted. And I will be filled with joy when we are together again. I remember your genuine faith 
For you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois uh, and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. We can stop right there. Um, I shared this with this brother. and I said, I, said, I want to I share something with you. I said, uh, this letter, this was Paul's last letter. Just a little background on 2 Timothy. This is the last letter that Paul wrote. Um, we see throughout his writings, he talks about being imprisoned and, and you know, being in jail. For most of this tenure, when Paul was in jail, it was basically house arrest. It wasn't really jail as we know it. He could come and go. You know, he was under confinement, but it was basically house arrest. This time, it, there's no house arrest. It's prison. It's cold, dark prison, and he's awaiting his death. Um, just to give a little bit of background and emerging of scripture and history, um, uh, Nero was uh, taking out his anger um, that resulted the fires that took place in Rome. He was blaming the church. And, and so the church was being persecuted because of the fires that took place in Rome. And you can look it up in history. And, and so Christians were being ostracized and uh, they were being treated poorly. And then, it, then they were basically being murdered being persecuted and blamed for the fires that took place. Paul was uh, a prominent Christian leader and, and so he was in prison awaiting his death. This is his last letter. This is his last letter. When, when, when we read this, we need to keep in mind that Paul had an awareness. You know, we see it in the somber tone of this letter. He knew uh, that his days were numbered. He knew. You can read it. When you read this chapter, keep this in mind. If you knew you were dying and you had one last letter to write, who would you write it to? What would you say? What would you consider to be important enough that you included in this letter? And when we, when we read this, we, we need to keep it in context. This was, prob- this was written anywhere between two and four years after First Timothy was written. Um, probably around A.D. 66, 67 A.D. This brother that, that I met today, his name is Scott. And he brings his dear daughter and he gushed about his daughter. Talked about how much he loved her and the special bond. He even said that she has never been grounded. That, that she's like, and I'm like, I told him, you know, your daughter's much better than my kids then because um, <laughs> they get grounded all the time. But but my kids are pretty awesome. But I'm serious. He said that. She'd never been So he gushed over his daughter. And I'm sitting there, and, and he's sitting there talking about his death. He's talking about, I'm at peace. I'm at peace if I die. And, and she, he even tells his daughters, he's like, I brought her along because I wanted her to see you men of God. I wanted, I wanted her to see you minister. And he turned to her and he said, Kaylee, this is the kind of man I'm praying that, that you that you marry. And so, I mean, he's, you know, it's pretty heavy stuff. And I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, this totally parallels Second Timothy. And, and, and Paul's saying, Timothy, my dear son, 
Just the affection that he spoke to Timothy, uh, a young pastor who he had mentored. And so I start, I start talking to this brother and I, I start sharing scripture. And I'm like, dude, how cool is this? And I even showed him my notes. I'm like, look at this. You know, I had a question in here. If you knew that you were dying and you're, you know, what would you say is your last words? What would be the words that came from your mouth? Would they be of encouragement? We look at at verse 1, this letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I have been sent out to tell others about the life he has promised through faith in Christ Jesus. Paul knows that he is facing death, but what are his words? How does he begin this? With life. I mean, almost a sense of thankfulness for his life. I have been called to proclaim the life that we can have in Jesus Christ. If we knew that we had one last letter, would it start proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ? Verse 2, I'm writing to Timothy, my dear son, may God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. Verse 3, Timothy, I thank God for you. The God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted. And I will be filled with joy when we're together again. What's he doing? Hey, I'm praying for you, brother. Be encouraged. Be faithful. You can do this. I mean, right after his exalting Jesus, he's encouraging this brother. Now, this this I find very interesting. In verse 4, it says, I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted. Do you know, you know why Timothy was crying? you know why there were tears? I think it was because Timothy was like, I don't want to be a pastor. Don't leave me here. Don't leave me in Ephesus. I want to go on another missionary journey with you. Timothy had been Paul's traveling companion. I, I, I'm kidding, by the way. I think he really wanted to be a pastor. I just think that was funny. <laughs> I thought it was funny. But Timothy had traveled with Paul. Had you know had gone on two of his missionary journeys with him, but when there was a need in the church, Paul said, "Timothy, you got to stay. This this town, this place, these people, Ephesus needs you. They need you. I, I imagine he said it's going to be difficult. You know what's going on there, but there's a hurting church and they need you. And so First Timothy was all about his encouragement, you know, to Timothy and to the church, his guidance, his warning against false teaching." But this, this letter has a much different tone. I, I was encouraged by this man who, everything he spoke was life. And I could tell the guy knew Jesus. I mean, the way he talked about Jesus, I knew he loved Jesus. And, and, but he was talking about you know, how much peace he had that he trusted God. But what he was talking about was, I, I trust God with my, my kids' future. I, I trust God. He had already uh, he'd come to peace with death. I mean, to be honest with you. And what the Lord was staring at me was something totally 
different. What he was stern within me was just militants and and just the, the warrior within me was rising up. And I started talking to him about last week. I said, hey, I was going to preach this message last week and never got around to it because the Lord had, had a different plan and we ended up ministering him. People got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so I'm like, you ever been baptized in the Holy Spirit? He's like, no. I turned to Kaylee, you ever been baptized in the Holy Spirit? No. And so I start talking about it and talk about the power and the arsenal of God's weapons that we have to be bold witnesses for him. That the purpose of the baptism in the Holy Spirit is so that we might have boldness to be bold witnesses. We might have power so that we can be witnesses for him and start talking about the gifts of the spirit. And, and you know, I was, you know, if you can imagine this, I was getting fired up and passionate. <laughs> and I, just, I felt something. And, and the minute I said it, I'm like, ooh, <laughs> that was kind of harsh. But I still, I, you know, I, I feel good about it. I said, but I, I just want to let you know um, I don't see any use for the baptism of the Holy Spirit for a dead man. So, uh, if you're going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to make something totally clear that it's for the purpose of being a bold witness to Jerusalem, to Samaria, to the uttermost ends of the world. I said, God's not done with you. He's not done with you. You're, you know, because he had said, yeah, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, God's not done with you. The power you're to walk in is so that you can be a bold witness, so that you can your life can be a testimony to God. And so we we prayed over he and his daughter. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then we just started praying healing over this brother. And we laid hands on him, we anointed him, we were praying, and and even, you know, uh just just the flow, man, it was just awesome. Um my friend Tom was praying and he's like, man, my hands, it's like someone rubbed them with chili pepper. They were so hot and, and just laying hands. And when we were done, you know, said, okay, now let's test this out. You know, what, 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 what hurt before? What couldn't you do before? And he had some cysts in his uh, cheek and he'd refused to have them operated because they would have to take his whole part of his face off. And he's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. And he started pressing He's like, well, they've gotten smaller. And then he waits and he presses them again. He's like, well, I know they're somewhere, but I can't find them right now. I can't find them at all. And then he has a tumor the size of about this big. There was a ceramic pumpkin on the table. And he goes, about that size of it, that's how big the tumor is in my back. And they said, now that the cancer has moved into, into, into my brain. And so we just we started praying and rebuking the sickness, commanding the sickness to be gone, rebuking cancer proclaiming the healing of Jesus Christ, the work of Jesus. And and it was just this powerful time. And then came back talking about the Holy Spirit. You know, what is your testimony? And I, and I asked him, I said, why did we test this out? He's like, well, I know why. I'm like, why? Why did we test this out? Why did I have you t- do something? Well, to, to see if it worked. I said, no. So that God might be glorified. Everything we do is so God might be glorified. We had you tested out so that God might be glorified. Not to see if it worked or not, but so that God might be glorified, so that Jesus might be exalted. 
Because see, now all of us in this room have testimony of God's power. And what took place here in Arvada, Colorado, might go to the other ends of the world, declaring the goodness of Jesus Christ. Our God is deserving of praise regardless of the circumstances in our life. Regardless of what we're going through, He is worthy and deserving of all praise. I talked about being available briefly. My friends... God has taught me a valuable lesson here in the last month or so about being available. Uh, you know, I've shared this with many of you. I was so busy. You know, my schedule was so busy. I didn't have any margin. What I call, what I mean margin is like a, you know, on a pad of paper, this margin where at least if, if content fills the lines, at least you got the margin to take notes in, right? My schedule was so busy, I didn't even have margin. I didn't even have things to jot in. And, and the Lord, the Holy Spirit convicted me of it, of, of not having margin in my schedule, being so busy that I didn't have time to spontaneously, hey, you know, can you, brother, can you meet up for coffee? Uh, yeah, how's April look? Because I got an opening on the, hold on a second, it just filled up. Let's go to June. Um, of just not being so busy and being available. You know, praise God he woke me up. I mean, I, I wasn't real happy about it at first because I was going to sleep till 9 o'clock. That sounded wonderful. But thank God he woke me up. And thank God I woke up passionate going, all right, Lord, what you got? And an hour later, you know, you get something. And, and thank God I didn't just dismiss it as going, wow, what an odd coincidence. Crazy. <laughs> it's weird. No, but to go, all right, Lord, you woke me up. I jumped into your presence. And that passage, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline, of a sound mind is what you might be more used to hearing. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. We don't have to fear this world. We don't have to fear our consequences. We don't have to fear the things we're going through. We, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. That word power is a, it's dunamis. It's dunamis. It's the same word that's used in Acts chapter 1 when Jesus says, Wait in Jerusalem. Wait. For my Father's going to send the Holy Spirit. And John baptized in water. and But soon you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And you will be filled with power. You will be filled with dunamis. It's the same word that we get dynamite from. Dunamis is power. It's the same word. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Of dunamis. The Holy Spirit's power. You guys, I, I, go, I, I tell you, all the time, these resources. Blueletterbible.org, net, something. You'll find it. Just Blue Letter Bible. How many of them are there? Um, and look at the concordance. And look up that word dunamis. One of the last definitions talks about power that comes through numbers. Power that comes through numbers in accordance with an army or forces. That's what we have at our disposal. We have the, it's the power of numbers. It's our God. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's the arsenal of the angels. And when we walk in power, we walk in those things. 
when we stand on the power of God and we proclaim it and we speak it forth, that is what we're talking about. Not power, I hit the light switch and the lights came on. That's weak. The power of God. We've been given a spirit of power and of love. Love. That word love, by the way, is, is a brotherly love. It's a brotherly love. Power, love, and, and self-control. Self-discipline, rather. We've got to be demonstrative of his love to one another. This, this brother Jacob, one another. This guy I'd never met. The person that in line at McDonald's or in the grocery store or a neighbor or the co-worker, whoever it is, we're to demonstrate his love. We are to walk in his love. That's the spirit he's given us. Power, love, and a sound mind. I want to point something out because I spent weeks on it in First Timothy. Second Timothy, uh, this is 1, verse 5. For I am mindful. And that word mindful is more accurately translated as um, to proactively capture remembrance. To proactively capture remembrance. To, to think on the good things. To remember. In the New Living it says, I remember your genuine faith. I am mindful of your genuine faith. For you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Uh, I love the fact that that Timothy's heritage is mentioned and his heritage are godly women. You know, his mother and his grandmother mentioned by name. Yeah, I know the faith that's within you. I know where it came from. I know it's genuine. I know it's true. I know it's real. Can I, can I encourage us with something? If Let's think about the legacy we're leaving behind to our children, to our neighbors, to our grandchildren, to, to whoever it is that we have the privilege of pouring into. Let's think about the legacy that we're leaving behind, the genuine faith that we are imparting to our children. And let's constantly and in every situation point them to Jesus. We are responsible for leaving legacy behind of faith in Jesus Christ, a genuine faith. Wouldn't that be awesome for someone to come up? Yeah, I'd love for someone to come to my kids and go, Oh, I know you. And I knew your parents. I know the I know the genuine faith they had, and I I know they poured it into you. We're we're to do that that with our children. We got a lot of kids in this church. Praise God. I love that we got a lot of kids. Man, well, look 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 at the warriors we're raising up. Look at the ministers, the believers, the, the awesome young boys and girls that we're raising up. So I love that Paul honored women. Paul gets a bad rap for not honoring women. That's garbage. That is, I mean, go to our website and listen to all the other messages. I, I spent weeks on it. Paul didn't dishonor women. Women, power to the people. If I had a black glove right now, for those of you listening to the podcast, I'm doing the you know, Olympics you know, with the power to the people. So Paul empowered women. Amen. Adam, rabbit trail.
continue reading in verse 8. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either. Even though I'm in prison for him. Let's, I want to read that again. So never be ashamed to tell others about the Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either. Even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. How awesome is that? Lord, let this church get to the place where that we have this type of honor for suffering for you, Lord. Where that we have this type of honor and we see the price we pay for Jesus Christ as being an honor. And now he has made us all, now he has made all of this plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Savior. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news. By the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Savior. By the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Savior. Did you know that Jesus, he lived, he actually lived? That he was actually a man and, and he lived. He was real. You know that, right? We're not talking about um, a fictional character. He was real. Do we live our lives as if he's real? Do we live our lives as if he appeared? See, we can cling to that and go, he appeared. He lived here. There is more historical proof to prove that Jesus Christ lived than there is to prove that George Washington lived. There's only a few kooks who refute that Jesus was real. Even like other religions like and false religions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He lived. He was a good man or he was a prophet. You know, they're off on that. Jesus was real. We need to live our lives knowing that he is real. And he lives today. And he lives through us. And he gets his way in our lives. Amen. When we're in the midst of hard times, what are our words? When we're in the midst of struggles, okay? That's common, right? We live this world. There are struggles. There are financial struggles. There are struggles in our marriages. There are struggles with our health. There are all kinds of struggles, right? We acknowledge that, right? What are our words when our backs are against the wall? When we're in the midst of struggle, what are the words that come forth out of our mouth? Do we point people to Jesus? Do we declare, thank God I got to live my life declaring the life of Jesus Christ? Is that what comes out of our mouth? So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either even though I'm in prison for him. Don't be ashamed of me either. What is Paul saying? Friends, let's not miss this. This is so profound. What is Paul saying? He's saying, don't let circumstances be mistaken for truth. Right? Don't let circumstances 
be mistaken for truth. Don't be ashamed of me because I'm in prison. God didn't fail me. Oh, no, no. Don't be, don't be ashamed of me. Don't be ashamed to tell others I'm in prison because God didn't fail me. I get to do this for my Lord. I lived a life proclaiming Jesus Christ. And I'm still doing it now. I hope to see you. Too often we we confuse circumstance with truth. Jesus is truth. Right? Jesus is truth. Not not the stuff we're walking through, not the things we might be stumbling through. Jesus is truth. So here, here's my encouragement to us, guys. Before they can before it can come out of our mouth as encouragement in his life. We've got to settle in our heart and settle in our mind. We've got to aggressively pursue the remembrance of God's goodness in our lives. To be mindful of, to pursue the remembrance of the good things God has done and go, oh, I'm convinced. I'm convinced. Yeah, this, whatever this is right here, this isn't the defining part of my life. You're the defining part of my life. Right? This right here, I don't got answers for this. I, I, you know, I trust God for it. I trust the answer for it. As we're reading this, you know, I've just started this this chapter, and as we go through, let's keep in mind the circumstances in which this was written, and let's be encouraged. Let's lift each other up. Let's encourage one another. Not some, and I don't think this is some fake religious ease, right? This isn't Christian ease he's speaking. This is truth. God, I pray for you, brother. I, I, I can't wait to see you. I believe in you. Keep it up. Keep doing what you're doing. God is faithful. Don't let circumstance be mistaken for truth. Let's always be on guard to make it not about us. And that's tough to do, guys. It is tough. When we're the ones walking through it, it is tough not to make it about us. We all know this. It's tough. But it's not about us. If our eyes are on Jesus, it's not about us. It's about Jesus who broke the power of death and made clear and well-lit, illuminated the path, the way to life eternal through the good news. Amen. Amen. Uh, if you need prayer, if you're in the midst of a difficult time, and you just need someone to pray with you to just fan into flame, that that you know this inside of you, you just need you just need to be encouraged. Um, at the end of the service here, we're gonna have an opportunity to pray and to minister to you, uh, and we encourage you to to do it. You know, to take us up on that. Please take us up on that. Let us let us pray and encourage one another. Let's pray. Lord God, we love you. And Lord, we trust you. We right now, we, we just, we seek out, we pursue remembrance of your goodness, Lord God. Of who you are. You are awesome. You are loving. You are true. You are genuine. And we trust you. Lord, we trust you. 
Lord, we trust you to carry us through circumstances. Lord, we trust you, Lord, to bring healing and life in our marriages. Lord, we trust you to to bring uh, healing and restoration and to carry us through financial problems, Lord. Lord, we trust you to be our healer and our deliverer against sickness, against the attacks of the enemy. We trust you, Lord. We trust you. We look to you, Jesus. Now, Lord, we ask that the words that come from our lips be life. When our backs are up against the wall, Lord God, Lord, it is our desire that the things that come out from the abundance of our heart, Lord, those things that come out would be how much we love you and how much we trust you and what an honor it is to serve you, our righteous and perfect King. What an honor it is to bear the name as Christian, to be defined as one who follows Christ. Lord, we don't just follow you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. If there's anyone here tonight that doesn't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, Maybe you've never proclaimed your trust in Him. You've never put words to your belief in Him, but you believe. You believe that He is real and that He loves you and that His plan for you is better than anyone you could come up with on your own. If you've never put action to that belief, I just want to encourage you to do that tonight. I'd love to pray with you. The Bible says if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, that we'll be saved. What do we believe? That He's alive, that He lived, that He defeated death and that we can have life in Him because He lives. And what do we confess? We confess, you're the boss. You're the Lord. You're the King. You get your way. I give you my life and I trust in you. I give you my all and I receive your all. What an unfair trade. We get so much more than what we give. If you're here tonight... If everyone could close their eyes just for a moment. If you're here tonight and you've never made that declaration, that declaration of what you believe in your heart, just raise your hand and lock eyes with me and you and I are going to pray together at the end of the service. Is there anyone? 